Hello, Mixed Nutcases. This is Nuke Chas, and we've got an episode of Dinner and a Movie for you. We're going to be talking about Across the Spider-Verse. But before we get started, this is going to be an extended Dinner and a Movie. So we're going to talk a little bit about the movie, and we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't watched it or you don't like spoilers, pause it, come back, and listen to... uh you know, listen to us talk. Uh, if you are fine with spoilers or you have watched it, just keep listening. Before we get started, I'm going to introduce my guests with me often. Hi, I'm Spider Tech from Universe 11421. And the reason we are all here recording this so close to when this movie was released, greetings from Future Nutty. This episode isn't being released anywhere close to when it was recorded. We recorded this on June 5th. It is now June 18th. The movie's been out for a couple of weeks. I thought I'd be able to just record and get it out and throw it in the can. And then I had a big week and things didn't happen and it didn't get released. This is why I really like to make it so that I don't have to do too much editing because I don't know what my week's going to be like. But sorry, if we sound like we're talking about that this movie has just come out, it's because for us it has. That, that I have things to say. Now, you said you're going to talk a little bit about this movie. I plan to talk a lot about this I, movie. I, 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 I'm still doing intros. Okay. Hi, it's extended because of me. <laughs> Jason, that guy. I haven't and, done this in a while. And our our good friend from... The Western side of the multiverse of the multiverse. Uh, it's Sonorous Fox, aka Spider Canuck, Spider Canuck, Spider Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, didn't, no, didn't they do that crossover already? No, Spy- Spider Batman. Come on, that's Miguel O'Hara. That's Spider Man twenty ninety nine. What if Batman played Spider Man with yeah with all the brooding so- tragic backstory engaged? <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I said this is Jason's fault is. Uh, he sent us a message. Was it Friday? He sent us a message. Hey, have you guys seen Across the Spider-Verse yet? Because I got a lot to say about it, and I need you to watch it so we can talk, because I got a lot to say. Listen, I don't think listen. you've said what movie we're actually talking about yet. I did. I said Across Just the now. Spider-Verse. Just now. Okay. Yes. All right. Man, I said it before. We're doing it live. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what I have to put up with. <laughs> Sorry, Nutty. It's not going <laughs> to get any better. Nope. Honestly and fairly, I do not think there's going to be a Spider-Man series that best into the Spider-Verse across and beyond for me. Um, and that's why I have a lot to say about this movie because I felt Miles, man. I felt him. I felt J- him a whole Jason, lot. I'll, I'll agree with you and top you. I don't lot. think there will be a better superhero franchise for a long time mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. these yeah. movies. And since my brain is attuned to it, um, the, the, the DP, the, the director of photography for this movie, excellent. And the coloring and the animation, Oh my god! Better than the first one, in my opinion. Let's talk for mm-hmm. days about that. There, there was a point I was going to bring up. I was going to. I was going to wait a bit for this because it is a bit. It is a bit negative. But um, there were scenes that seemed like they either were rushed or I don't. I I wasn't sure what they were going for with it. Like anything in Spider Gwen's universe seemed washed out. It There's just a, seemed. It was watercolor. Off. It, I guess so, and I, they were going for a unique feel, but it didn't resonate with her character to me. Yeah, they went, they went stylized with the art, and I like if we go back to our to my review to our review of the first movie when we reviewed the original movie. Uh, one of the things that I talked about was how much I loved the stylized comic book style art mm-hmm. of the first Spider Verse movie, and then in this one, they're like 
you know what? Double down. Let's do all the comic styles. And every character and every character's universe is styled like it was in their comics, which is fine. But that's the thing with stylization. It's polarizing. You're going to like it. You're not going to like it. And I agree with you. There were some scenes that, to me, it felt like a Michael Bay Transformers movie because there was so much going on. And it was so busy with so many colors and little things for you to notice. I'm going to have to go back and I think watch this entire movie freeze frame to see everything I miss. I think that's the mm-hmm. one that that's I, my only like serious critique of this movie is that at some points the stylization goes too styled for me. But that's that's me. But other than that, had um, this mm-hmm. movie ju- sucked, had the characters sucked and the story sucked. The way that they did all the different art styles would still have been beautiful enough to watch, in my opinion, as I, an artist. Yeah. I can get it, too. I, I get it. Uh, I don't know. I think it may just literally break down to me for the choice of for, for Spider-Gwen being very much a character about rebellion, about, you know, about um, pushing, uh, like pushing past uh, past. Um, expectations of other people about striking out on our own, doing all of this. It seemed like watercolor might not have been the choice that I would have gone with. Um, and that took me personally out of it a little mm-hmm. bit. Sure. Because everything just, like I said, it seemed washed out in her world. Uh, and- I, I think for me, the why I appreciate that is because everything's washed out, you're very focused on her and you're mm. focused on her face and the other characters' faces. And it's more about the main emotion that's happening, not about the details. And then the watercolor vibes really kind of go with the ballet slippers that are part of her costume and how okay, yeah. all of her poses. Well, it's- she'll do like on point and she'll come in on point into her room. It's like using color as like a method of yeah. soft, like you use soft focus yeah. on a camera lens that you want to take. Okay. Take, uh, sort of the focus away from everything else in the room and really hone in on, especially when she's having those heartfelt com- conversations, you know, with Captain Stacy. That's ex- uh, yeah. And that's, and that's exactly why, uh, for me, the scenes that stood out the most and were what made me really, really enjoy the animation were those scenes, specifically in the big monologue where they're having their come to Jesus moment. Mm-hmm. It is washed out and running while she's having yes, that monologue. It's pouring yes. down it's, the wall. Yeah, and it's, oh. and it's With melting. Her emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. melting. And when her father does the thing he did earlier in the movie, he's like, so, and she webs and pulls him over and gives him a hug and the world oh reconstructs God. itself. And it's yeah. back to being a place where she can live and have a family. Because remember, she said she lost everything. She couldn't go home. She didn't want to go home because she thought her father was not going to love her for being a spider person. Then she gets there and he's like, no, I quit. Like, And this was also a subtle way for them to reveal that 2099's pop you know, idea is flawed. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to be settled into this. So... Did everybody, yeah. did everybody else watching this movie, did everybody else get a crush on Gwen Stacy or was that just me? Oh no, Spider Gwen is excellent. Spider Gwen has fulfilled many of many a nights. Many, no, many I, I had a crush on Hobie. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's no, just no. so cool. Hobie. Oh man, that, so, that, that I one came line. Into this, I came into this movie having a crush on Gwen Stacy. I have mm-hmm. always had a crush on Gwen Stacy. So that, yeah. that was a given. Um, Maria, my mighty heart is breaking many times over during this movie. Um, and I will say that the emotional connection was with Gwen's storyline. 
And she's the one that got me to cry. Whereas in the first movie, I was very connected to Miles's story with his mother and his father and his uncle mm-hmm. and all of that. I was less invested. It was more like, oh, you know, like this is this is normal family drama. Whereas with Gwen, it was very powerful. And there's a lot yeah. of like, it's like you can see hidden meaning in anything. And there's like when, when Miles is about to tell his mom up on the roof that he's Spider-Man. And when he does tell his mom in the, in <laughs> universe 42 that he's Spider-Man, it really sounds like a kid who's about to say that he's gay. It yeah. really, it really sounds like a coming out. And the yeah. same thing happened with Gwen Stacy. There's like this whole, coming out and when when miles imagines telling his parents and them loving and accepting him and he's like yeah that's not gonna happen it just feels a lot like a coming out kind of emotional Mm -hmm. connection even though these characters um at least to our knowledge um don't identify on the lgbtq well speaking of the lbgt thing like there's a moment where miles and gwen are having a conversation upside down at the top of that skyscraper Mm. And they're sort yeah. of being very honest with each other's emotions. And there's a, there's that one point where the hand is like mm-hmm. sneaking across and they're going to go for a handhold and they, they kind of do, but don't, but kind of yeah. maybe want to, but kind of don't. I really thought halfway through that, that Gwen was just going to turn to him and say she's gay. Um, but she didn't. And, uh, yeah. that's, yeah. that's fine. Um, I, there, there's a moment in, uh, okay, a minor gripe. The first movie came out five years ago. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't start a movie with a cold open for something that came out five years ago. My memory is not that good. Maybe you guys have all got like, like giant, giant wrinkly superhuman brains, but me, the lizard smooth brain, I don't, I barely remember the first movie. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. So to start with a cold open and a 20 ish minute sort of like recap of a different story that didn't happen, but maybe it did sort of a Gwen Stacy thing. I really liked that story. I fell in love with Gwen 10 times during her little opening spiel, but man, what a hard way to open a movie for a guy with a bad memory. Yeah. Um, it, it really struck me that like a lot of that, uh, a lot of the runtime was devoted just to setting that up. Yeah. And it, yeah. it served the greater story well, but wow, I sat there thinking about 10 minutes in, I'm like, is, is this a movie about Miles? I, I, I will say that is a bit of a gripe for me too, is that they, I think in the very beginning of this movie, they devote way, way too much attention to Gwen's story. And I, I like Gwen's story and I'm not mad at that per se, but when I come to a Spider-Verse movie, like I'm looking for Miles and, I understand that Gwen had a multiverse um comic run recently uh called um Gwenverse I think it's called um and it was really good but I came here for Miles guys um I well, I understand how important it was I just think it was a little clumsily handled in the intro I yeah. I I dug it I thought it was cool and the whole time I was thinking oh man there's going to be so many comic book nerd boys that are mad at this because they're like, I came to see a Spider-Man movie, not no, just a Jason. Spider-Gwen movie. I don't want to see a girl. Now, I, I know that none of us are saying that that's the problem, yeah. but all I could think was like, oh, they're going to be so pissed and I love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say this, though, is I thought at 10 minutes in, later in the runtime of the movie, I thought, okay, they opened it well yeah, because it set everything up it set that returned for her to miles's universe being 
such a, a tragic thing. It set up the reason, like all of the reveals that came as Miles was bouncing around confused were set up by that, by that. But it, it, it just felt like it was like, it felt like it was, let's put another movie here at the start of this movie. It almost felt like the animated short you would see before a Pixar movie. Well, the, there's something about the pacing of this movie that it felt like we were going through different issues and trades and we started with the Gwen Stacy yep. comic run and then we jump into the Miles Morales run and we kept getting different issues and, interspersed. Right, but they totally hung a lampshade on it. Yeah, by when, showing yeah. us when the they covers. would actually throw the comics down on a table yep. and show you the comic cover of the story that we were now in. Yeah. And and they're all legitimate comics. Like that they're pulling from, which yeah. I think I've I've know, got we'll one sh- of them right here. Shut up, the fanboys. You know, I for me, I I really like that they are showing you. They're like, look, we're gonna pull from this, but that doesn't mean we're gonna do it exactly yeah. how it mm-hmm. was in the comic. One of the things that I I think stands out when they start doing that kind of meta commentary is how well they've orchestrated references and and circle backs to the first movie, um, specifically. Miles Morales, where the last time we got to hear him say, all right, I'm going to do this one more time. My name's Miles Morales. And mm-hmm. both of those times have signified him having to buck up against someone who's far, not necessarily superior to him, but he is outnumbered and in a dangerous situation. Uh, first time came, you know, when he finally achieved um, web slinging and could, and could do the Spider-Man thing, so to speak. And he took that hit from Kingpin and survived where Peter Parker did not. And then in this one, it's when he says, no, bump every Spider-Man in here. Bump every last one of y'all. Y'all can't tell me how to do my story. I'm going to make it how it happened my way. And it's very powerful for him to have that because he's had to prove himself to be a good Spider-Man from jump. And because what a, referencing back to the first one again, this is not the first time that they've betrayed Miles. Like in the first one, when he couldn't web sling and they were like, ah, you better figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was a betrayal. Like, how can you say he's one of you guys, but then not teach him, not show him? And and you get a reference to that when Peter Parker's like, hey, I taught him that. I showed him how to do that. I'm a good teacher. No, you weren't, dog. He he figured that out on his own. We watched him do it. Like, so I, I just really like all these really good callbacks. And they don't hang a, like, you know, they don't hang a lampshade on it. They don't hit you with the hammer for these callbacks. So, Nutty, um, Maybe this is something that we should have done at the beginning, or maybe mm. if you're savvy at editing, this is something no, that I'm not savvy. at the beginning. Uh, 30-second plot summary to the people who are just listening oh, to us yes. that don't have an interest in the movie or aren't going to watch it or did watch it. Anyway, 30-second plot summary. In the first Spider-Verse movie, we learned that there is an infinite web <laughs> web of interconnected multi uh, of universes. Each one of them has a different Spider-Man. Yes. In this movie, we learned that that web is breaking apart and that it's Miles Morales' fault. And now the Spider-Verse is trying to figure out a solution to prevent it from falling apart further. I think that sums it up. Yep. Yeah. And the big villain. It's because he doesn't respect the canon. Yes, that's the big villain. The big villain. The big villain is canon. canon. So in the Doctor Who, in the Doctor Who universe, they would call these fixed points in space and time. Yeah. These are things that you cannot change no matter how much wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff you do. These things are meant to happen. Yeah. And 
in this, they call them canon Because moments. it's more than just, like, this happened and it's always meant to happen. It's more every Spider-Man has been through these life-altering mm. experiences. You know, right. their yeah. uncle dies, a captain close to them dies. You know, they have to go through this tragic loss to become who they are. Right. And But right and, from the very beginning, we learned... But he's not like everybody else. It's it's not even though that he doesn't respect the canon. It's because he is an anomaly. Yeah. You said it. You said it just a little uh, just before I went wonky there for a bit. Um, I I glitched, which is yeah, you know, fair enough in this movie. Dimension, that yes, makes sense. Um, you got to put on your every, bracelet. Every Spider Man's got their own. Uh, got their or every universe. Every dimension's got their own Spider Man. Except his sp- radioactive spider came from another dimension. Right. Yeah. So he is an anomaly. He caused. They're all Peter Parker variants. There is the they're the <laughs> only. Well, they're all. Most of them are Peter Parker Many variants. Spider Man twenty ninety nine. I think is the only one that really is Gwen? out there. And the girls. Well, Gwen and okay, yes. And and Spider Bite. All the MJ's Okay, yeah. So and, yeah, okay, there's quite a few. But there's a Peter Parker in his world that should have been Spider Man. There's also a Miles Morales. That's at least credited. Mm-hmm. That is done by a different voice. So I think yeah. there is like another Miles Morales. There's even so, one of the Peter Parkers that's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes. Yes, but but still has a Peter Parker name. It is a Peter Parker name. <laughs> Do yes. you all Terp think? Parker. Yes. Yeah. Do you all think that the other Miles Morales that is in this movie is the one we see, or do you think there's another one? I think that there was another one because it was way lower on the voice cast. I I think that. Uh, Shamik Moore did both voices for the mm-hmm. the the one that we see at the end, which I also very much love. I I oh, like that reveal. Let's talk about the end at the end of this. Yes. Let's let's yeah, yeah, power yeah. through for a bit. So yeah. so we get very quickly introduced to the Spider Verse and introduced to a menagerie. Yes, of spider people yep and so many good ones right but and and i could talk about them for days but everybody let's go around and just talk about one of the spiders so pick one we'll talk about it then we'll move on to something okay well we're gonna jump into hobie first let's just start with (laughs) okay Okay, spider punk this is the one that we said it was like oh i developed a crush on him that's the one i developed a crush on because at first i was like oh this guy's gonna be such a poser his name's hobie no this is not gonna work but spider punk won me over very quickly so typical, like, Sex Pistols, early 80s, British punk, spikes on his Spider-Man mask, guitar dead on his Kennedy's, back. Dead Kennedy's era. He's, yeah, he, Dead Kennedy's, like, like early punk era So British street punk. in the comics, from what I'm reading, is he was supposed to be like a UK Sex Pistols era kind of punk, but mm-hmm. then they changed it and made him more of an all CBGB uh, New Yorker style punk. Nice. But in this incarnation, he is definitely using the accent that the actor has, which is, um, what's his name again? Jason, you know it. Uh, uh, which Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Daniel which we know from the Black Panther movies. Uh, or actually, from uh, uh, Get Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, nope. Yeah. He's a uh, he's a he's a Jordan Peele staple now. Just, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good for him. Yeah. He is he is Jordan Peele's um, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> but, oh, but of the things that Tech has seen, 
It is, um, it is, it is Black Panther. No, um, and he's, man, sorry. And he has, he has probably the best line in this entire movie when we get a face reveal, when he takes off his mask and Miles looks at him and goes, wow, you're even cooler with the mask off. And he's like, nah, bro, if I was this cool underneath the whole time. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's just, <sighs> Spider Punk, it to me, is probably one of the best changes or new Spider-Man that they've done. <laughs> but it's not my favorite. My favorite is Sun Spider. The the spider, uh, it's a Charlotte mm-hmm. uh, Weber. Charlotte Weber. She is mm-hmm. a handicapped uh, in a wheelchair Spider-Man and is excellent. And I love shows it. up in this movie for one scene. Uh, yep. I, I've and I hope we get some more. I hope we get some more. I, I would also I want more of the Black Spider Woman too on the motorcycle. Although oh, I, yeah, also, I also I also was her name. This yeah. movie's been doing a lot of commentary, like because let's be honest, all the commentary about Miles and how he needs to be an act for a young black kid in the city, bro, awesome. But let's not re- forget that like she's pregnant. Yeah. And she's doing on a motorcycle, on a motorcycle, handling her business, doing her superhero thing. I love it. Like with natural hair. Yeah. Like it's again, a woman, a black woman with natural hair handling her business while pregnant and not being the stereotypical, like, Oh, I'm pregnant. I can't do anything that you would see in like these sitcoms and things of that nature. Like it's excellent. So so I I will say going to Hobie, one thing that I love because my favorite line wasn't the, I was this cool all along line. It was when uh, Peter Parker with with his daughter Mayday is like, oh, <laughs> Mayday took a crap, and he's like, take a crap on the establishment. I salute you. He's an anarchist yeah. to the end, right? What I what I loved is as everybody was g- kind of falling in on uh, Miles, and Miles is like, no, like this is ridiculous, and he was rejecting the idea and their organization. And he was like, yeah, I'm with you, but uh, I'm out. Bye. And he yeah, just he, quits. He tosses the watch to Spider-Gwen. Or no, he he uh, tosses the, the one thing, I think, to Miles and then says, oh, and by the way, I quit. And yeah. just yeah. goes back to his portal. Because, yeah. again, he's awesome. He's a bamf in this movie. And what we don't see is that he drops off at Gwen's earth drops off a watch for her knowing that eh, it's probably not going to work out so here you go one other thing i wanted to mention which i don't know spider punk from the comics i am going not going to pretend or anything but apparently he's also prowler an ally to spider-man wow yeah That's yeah that talk about punk yeah now what are the one of the things about if we're going to talk about spider punk in this movie yeah. we got to talk about the art because Every Spider-Man is seen and and villain is seen in the art style of their universe. So given that it's an infinite multiverse, like there's one one of the villains in this when Vulture shows up, he is from a sepia toned black and white Da Vinci drawing style yes. universe. And he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but they all come with like a different art style. And um, Spider-Punk definitely comes from some sort of like. Uh, pop art, uh, like, like, it looks like a, like decoupage, like a ransom note, you know, like punk graffiti mm-hmm. from the early eighties or late seventies, uh, yeah. that you would see even to the point where the guitar that he's always got on his back is cut from a different piece of paper yeah, and then he, glued on over top. He looks like he's fresh out of a zine. 
Isn't it amazing? He could have been something Andy Warhol did as a picture. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's like, you hit the nail on the head tech tech. He's pop art. Like he's walking, talking pop art. Like I like, I'm looking at some of the art of him and some of the covers for his comics. These could be Basquiat things. Like these could be things from that era. Another, another one of like this art nouveau pop art movement. Sure. I'm getting all the names wrong, but I'm just going to go with it. Cause yeah, Jean-Michel Basquiat uh, was another one of these amazing, amazing like graffiti style artists. Um, also had the same hair that I think Hobie had in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. So so we're talking, if we're talking uh, variants of Spider-Man that showed up, um, I'm going to go with uh, a very, small one note but f- absolutely hilarious one is during the chase through the uh, through the foundation spider therapist <laughs> spider patient spider patient talking about i've been through some rough times and everything and you know, spider therapist is like let me guess tr- your, your uncle died and smash everybody goes through <laughs> that was good that yeah was really that was good. really really funny and just look in in an infinite multiverse i mean peter parker would have every job right so yeah. it would make sense that in a world of spider people that you would have spider therapist and spider patient um a very funny gag, and this movie yeah. is absolutely filled with them. Um, if I'm gonna bring up one that we gotta talk about, it is my man, Spider-Man 2099, mm. Miguel O'Hara. You mean, also, you mean that delicious hunk, Oscar Isaac? Right, played, yeah. voiced by Oscar Isaac, but, like, with all of the brooding darkness that he's got, it was like, I, I, like, really, like, the question in my mind the whole time is like, what if Batman played Spider-Man? You get Miguel O'Hara, yeah. Spider-Man so we, 2099. So can we, can we just say now that, um, to fix the damage that Twilight and other vampire movies have done, we need Oscar Isaac as a vampire. Like he needs to be, he needs to be Antonio Banderas' character in Interview with the Vampire. Armand? Yeah. I can see him as Armand. Just, yeah. just let Oscar Isaac just print out a bunch of money, drop off the dump <laughs> truck of cash to his house, and let him do whatever he wants. He has done no wrong yet that I know of. I'm sure he's done something bad. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> let him keep going. He's doing fine. He yeah, was even good, good in the worst of the Kingsman movies. Yeah. There's a bad Kingsman movie? I mean, the second one wasn't great. The Golden Circle was kind of eh. If well, it wasn't, for, Isaac, if it wasn't for him and Elton John, that movie would have fallen flat. <laughs> was he oh, in the- Elton John? <laughs> was he in that movie? Yes, he was. I'm gonna have to go back. And he was watch the that. he was the whip cracking guy. He no, was the- that's Pedro Pascal. I'm an idiot. Okay, I'm an idiot. Racist. <laughs> no, <laughs> all Hispanic no. guys look alike, do they, Mark? No. They're not even from the same country. Although what's it's from a Guatemala, ve- what's from Chile? Although it's a very good video of them together saying their full names and talking in Spanish. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's really video. funny. I, 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 I will forgive anyone for confusing them because they have done so many things together. That's the thing is they've and done. They th- are boyfriends, so yeah, you know it happens. Okay, okay. But, but no, go ahead. Oh, was say like no, man. Like this. Like, <sighs> Man, I to have Spider Man twenty ninety nine be the villain, quote unquote. Oh my god! Of this movie, I want to know. I want to be in that boardroom meeting <laughs> after the after the failure of the franchise of twenty ninety nine, whether it be comics, that short lived TV show on Fox. Like, I want to know the guy who brought that. Yeah, there was a cartoon of, of Spider Man twenty ninety nine. It was it was not good to me. Of of all the multiverse suits. The 2099 suit has always been my favorite. Uh, of course, I think, of course, I think it's, you Giver, it's giving you Giver, right? Yeah, with the the forearm blades and the laser webs. And it's just a cool, cool costume. 
Um, and then, yeah, you're right. To make him the brooding villain, the, and it was very similar. Um, this whole, if only I could turn back time to save my family that I thought I had. I was getting like, uh, do you remember when Red Foreman was on Star Trek Voyager? (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. where he's like, if only yeah. I could turn back time to save my family. It's the, it's the same character. Remember, Tech, it's all about family. All about family. And By co- the way, and, Fast and X co- just came out. And Coronas. So, so you, you have the most emo Spider-Man. But you know, we also have uh, one of the most absolutely lighthearted, but slightly cocky, but also just endearing Spider-Man of all in uh, in Paviter. <laughs> Right can, from can we, from can, was it um Mumbatten Mumbatten right he is just please, he is just him? all manner of just fun to can be we, to have around can right? we please so, get him with Kamala Khan please can we please yes. get that oh, yes. yes. crossover so, okay please? so we talked about Oscar Isaac so Moon Knight yeah. is Spider Man right yeah and we talked about Gwen so Hawkeye is Spider Man right and now with Spider Man India though Pinder from Deadpool yeah. is Spider Man. Hello, Mr. Pool. Hello, Mr. Pool. I love Dopinder. There is a crossover that needs to happen. I oh, mean, Deadpool and Pavir. why wasn't Deadpool in that that series of all the Spider Men pointing at each other? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, we got to talk about that later. Okay, but yes, Pavir Prabhakar as Indian Spider Man in a universe twisted where it's like an India themed New York. Um, but things like he's like drawing chakras with the web as he's flying through them. And it's like all based on like bracelets and bangles and there's Bollywood music in the background. And he's using, and he's using a, uh, an Indian toy for his web slinger, if I'm not mistaken. The little like, it looks like yeah. a thimble thing. Yeah. Like it, a yo yo. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know what it's called. No, because that used to be called, we used to call that devil sticks, but that was the sticks that would control the rope that would like throw the little hourglass yo yo mm-hmm. in the air, but I don't know what it's called. Yeah, um, he's, and he, I really, and I like the way he does things. And I also like the way they throw in tropes of, be, of being a Spider Man, like where a Spider Man always has to web something really heavy. And stop it from squishing some innocent people. But right. this time we get a team up between all the Spider-Man in that scene in Batten. And right, I just stop the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I with, I just, with his girlfriend like it. in it who doesn't know he's Spider-Man and he gives yeah. her a big hug. He's like, Oh my god, I'm glad you're safe. Random girl that I don't know. <laughs> or the the uh chai did you just call it chai tea? Chai meats tea. <laughs> it's like saying tea tea. But then again, you, you should have that with some non bread. But wait, non just means bread. It's not bread bread. But but this works because earlier Miles is like, why do you call it an ATM machine? It already yes. has machine in it. So. Isn't, that, isn't that his first line of the movie? I yeah. think that is it's his first one of, line of the of movie. First line. It's in the but first scene, at least. Of all of the of all of the characters too that had like of all the universes they went to. Uh, talk about visually stunning and well realized. Mumbatan was amazing. Oh, it was so amazing. It was just, just beautiful. His his little cutscene where he's like like cutting through and explaining Mumbatan to you, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, and here's the traffic, and here's the traffic, and here's the traffic, and here's the traffic." Because imagine Manhattan with the traffic of Mumbai. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Manhattan traffic is already pretty bad, but, uh, right. But not like ooh. Mumbai. No, no, yeah. No. Um, there's a couple of people that, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, 
I loved his costume. I loved his... Oh, his, the whole conversation about his hair. It's like, my hair is just naturally this good. Yeah. It's like, really? There's no product in that? Nope. Just a little coconut oil. It's like, just shut up. Coconut, coconut oil and genetics. <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, he said coconut. He said a tablespoon of coconut oil and genetics. But I love like, all right, so when it's the, you know, he rescues his his girlfriend and he acts like, oh, random person I've never known. Uh, he does the same thing in the flashback when he's talking about Captain Singh, who just, <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know her at all. It's nice to meet you, Captain Singh. I don't know yeah. you either, you know, and he's just really bad at lying, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, honestly, he's adorable. He's like, so wholesome and adorable. I love and, it. And I think that's kind of one of those things, like in both movies, they've had a character that's been utterly adorable. I think they double us up in this movie, though, because we get him and Mayday. <laughs> like, like, oh, my God. Uh, uh, Mayday. <laughs> uh, Spider-Girl. She's great. Yeah. Spider-Girl, a.k.a. Spider-Man, colon, baby's day out. <laughs> oh, I listen, Disney, if you're listening. Oh, just we need ma- one of those shorts. Just make. No, no, no. Just make a kid's show about Mayday. It's 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 like it's like bluey or 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 um yeah that, so this, that that thing with the kids singing it just but it's spider baby with the baby kids spider singing. yeah i can't remember the name of it it's like it's hypnotizes what? kids as long no, as it's it, not caillou it hypnotizes kids it's this weird very like colorful hypnotic show for kids and i cannot think of the name of it to save my life but, teletubbies no it's this new thing it's the show jason's trying to think of is coca melon coca melon whatever it is I know you were just dying to know that answer. So, so one of the, one of the things the Wiggles. Anyway, powering through. Sorry, I'm stuck the on Wiggles. This. One of the things with well with Mayday, you've got her dad Peter Parker, who yeah. is trying to take care of his young infant daughter in a snuggie. Peter B. Parker. Yep. Peter and, B. Parker. And a pink fluffy robe that he never bothers to take off no. because why would you? Why would and you? And the so- knit mask. And all oh, the yeah. crocheted mask. That- she has the crocheted mask. He never wears a mask. <laughs> but it's, it's this, it's this dedicated dad trying to take care of his daughter who has superpowers, but is an infant. And mm-hmm. he's going on web, web slinging, web crawling adventures with his infant daughter in a snuggie. I love it. And it is hilarious. And, and, and he's like, Oh, he's going to show you the pictures. Oh, do you want to see pictures? When when uh, they go back oh, Miguel, home, and his, wa- his wife's like, "You didn't bring her to a fight again, did you?" No, no. Why would I? No, I totally didn't. No. So <laughs> when he goes back to his universe, mm-hmm. and his MJ gets up, did anyone else notice how she was sitting drinking her coffee? No. There's that one horrible trope. There's the meme that came out a while ago about this one comic book panel. Of, I, it's a variant cover, I think, and and I it's, think it's Mary Jane sitting no. on the couch waiting for Peter, and she's sitting in a very unnatural, very stylized position, and everybody's been trying to imitate it without shattering their spines. <laughs> but uh, but apparently they had they drew MJ sitting Not in that exactly weird pose, like that, but was similar. Ro- yeah, was it Rob Liefeld? It was, was I yes. Liefeld. <laughs> yes, yeah. oh, okay. Like, she's sitting, and her feet are close. Close to um, like close to to to, to her, Cause, cause her he base known- there, <laughs> and her knees are up in the air, and the coffee's between her feet, and everything's like all scrunched together, and then yeah. she's just like la di da in this weird complex he, posed. I mean, he had three calling cards. 
One, everybody had to have a thousand tactical pouches. Pockets. Two, all the pockets. Two, it didn't, it didn't matter who you were. Your chest was inflated. And three, women's spines were made of jello. Also, um, (laughs) he's not very good at drawing hands because. Yeah, no, well, yeah. That's, that's just a limitation. Is it Liefeld, by the way? Because I don't see hands in that picture. It does look like a Liefeld. Because right. if, wow, if not, it, it was inspired by his art style, but I've brought it up yeah. here where you yeah. see that. She, okay. So, so this is Mary Jane with her 48 double D's and her 13 inch waist. Um, or less. That looks like a five inch waist. It's impossible. Yeah, but yeah. one of her wrists is bigger than her waist. Yes. Yeah. And then here you see a, a completely normal looking young lady trying to cosplay the same thing. And the differences are immediately apparent because she cannot bend her spine anywhere yeah. near what has been drawn here in this comic panel. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. anyway, so they, they make a reference to it along with the great meme of, uh, you know, everybody stop Spider-Man. And then they start pointing at each other. That, like, right, right. Where every, where like all the Spider-Men are like in groups of three yeah. pointing at each other with both hands, like the meme, yeah. which is a, a screen grab of the original animated Spider-Man show. Yeah. But man, I laughed so hard during that. Mm-hmm. And they did two scenes of it because they had so many. It was yeah. The, the whole, the whole theater started laughing at that one. Uh, which I, was a good moment. I also like when 2099's like, stop Spider-Man, get him. And the one oh. Spider-Man's just walking out like, la, yeah. da, da, da. Uh, yes. he's, he's coming out of Sector 4. The door to Sector 4 opens and the guy walks out there. I'll look at him. It's like just, Doc Ock Spider-Man. Yeah. I just wanted one person to be like, stop Spider-Man. We're all Spider-Man. Like I wanted the yeah. no one. Um, I mean, Peter Parker. They're all what? what? So there is, there is, um, there's an irony to uh to this podcast right now mm-hmm. a great irony is that we have yet to really mention the forgotten villain of this p pe- of this story oh yes 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 we haven't we haven't mentioned the spot at oh, all yeah, we oh, and he's, he's the so he's forgettable supposed to be the villain but he's the guy that peter that, that miles forgot that peter was there when it happened peter yep. forgot peter forgot gwen forgot they were all there jamie they fox go- and the writers of, of amazing spider-man 2 Take notes. This is is how you do that. This is how you do that. So he's played by one of the most forgettable actors, uh, Mm. Jason Schwartzman, which is just kind of perfect. Yeah, he's been in he's been in a dozen Wes Anderson films I can't name because they're so pretentious and forgettable. I'm your rival, Spider Man. Who are you again? I love Wes Anderson movies. I do too, but it's yeah. Um. So yeah, the, the spot is. Also, one of the most, like, he, he genuinely, you could almost empathize with him if he wasn't such a goof. Oh my God. Right. When like, he kicks his own butt. Uh, like the, the whole, <laughs> I wasn't even going to start with that. I was going to start with the whole, look, this is my first robbery. I've never done this before. Can, can we not make it bad? He's yeah, trying can we to not rob make the it AT- bad for me. He's trying could to rob you? the ATM machine. And he's like, could you yeah. just let me rob you? It'll be good for both of us. Yeah. Look, it's the bank that uh, it's the bank I'm robbing. When you really think yeah, about it's it, it's not your money. <laughs> it's not your money. So I'll also, be I'll be completely honest. Just to carry on with this thread of of um, spot hmm. being unforgettable. Yeah, or, I don't or know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who Jason Schwartzman is. I thought you said Jason Big. Oh no! So I had him confused with the teenage dirtbag guy from that movie with Mina Suvari, um, and then I'm looking up who this Jason Schwartzman guy. I haven't seen 
any of these. Not <laughs> a one. You so, Grand Budapest I saw Hotel, Grand Budapest. But I can't remember who he was in that. <laughs> Jason, man. Jason, Jason Schwartzman was in that? Yeah, apparently he's a he's a man so forgettable that I watched three seasons of a Netflix show he was in, and I still didn't remember the name until I Googled it. It was so it was so bad, and ironically, it was called Bored to Death. Ah. Uh, he was the one of the really the really rich and annoying boyfriend ex boyfriend in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh but God! Again. It doesn't matter because yeah. everybody just thinks of Roxy as the best ex Bo- boyfriend. Quote, quote, like, ex. Look, if you had him and Said Luke Wilson, not boyfriends. If you had him and Luke Wilson do a uh, an uh, or a forgettable off, you'd forget that he was part oh, of the competition. That's rude because I will remember <laughs> Luke Wilson more than. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Sorry, Luke Jason Schwartzman, if you're remember. listening to this, I apologize. But and it's not it's not a necessarily a slight on him either. It's kind of brilliant that he can well, be at the forefront of something, but be so forgettable. I also think that he's been in a lot of movies mm-hmm. and TV shows that have some amazing people. And so he's just surrounded by a lot of really rememberable people. Yes. So Luke Wilson is fighting Jason Schwartzman for who is the most forgettable. Yes. Mm-hmm. The winner of that fight faces Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Does it good. I love <laughs> Sam Rockwell, but he is a freaking chameleon. Yeah, but he's a chameleon, whereas these guys are, they always look the same. You just forgot that they were like, there. Would you know Luke Wilson was in something if he didn't go, whoa? No, that's... Whoa. No, that's Owen Wilson. That's, there we that's go. Owen. Even better. That's his brother. I mean, that I can confused his brother with wow. him. His brother so, goes, wow. So all white he, he guys goes, he the goes, same whoa. to too. I mean, yes, they do. All <laughs> white guys yes, they do. the same. They Let's look like that way. white guy. I have, and I'm pointing I have face pops. blindness. But no, like... I, that's, I, that's actually, that's actually half true. I have face blindness. Thank you. <laughs> I really, really, really like the fact that they, again, Marvel, you do your best work when you're not using your main heroes, guys. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how you started this whole thing with Iron Man. He was a C list hero at best. Yeah. But yeah. And, and the main, like the spot is a villain. He still works well. He was, he was yeah. a good, he was a good B villain in the old Spider Man 90s. Card uh, like animated series in this he's infinitely better because it ties directly into the theme the multi-dimensional finding yourself empowerment thing except he's a villain trying to do it in the worst way possible i i love the whole i'm your nemesis like you're not my nemesis which by the way is always a fun gag mm-hmm. um but is like villain of the week. He's a villain of the week. I'm sorry I called you a villain of the week. Yes, yes, you're my we nemesis. Did, we didn't mean that, did we guys? Oh no, you're super important. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Use the <Again>. palms. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like there's so many good like they do a lot of these group gags really well when it requires the other Spider-Man to like answer back. Mm-hmm. Like when well, one of them asks a question and they all pipe up. I think it's really fun when they do that. Next to Deadpool, the the next sassiest, snarkiest superhero has always been Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. he's always the young he's the youngest one and he's the one that's the most flippant uh yep. that will will you know pop off with, with some sort of witty rejoinder. And now the fact that you have an infinitely replicating multiverse of spider people, uh, 
that are all like the, the the one of the things that they all have in common is they all have that wit, that snark, and they're always willing to you know you know provide running commentary while they're except, beating up the bad guys. Except for Miguel. Except yes. for Miguel, the brooding one, and yeah. and and Ben Ry- and Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, because oh. he's, too, he's too busy. No, no, no. Miguel and him are both yeah. brooding. It's just it's one of them is Scarlet active about Spider. it. It's Andy Samberg doing his best Nick Cage. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I can't join you on this quest. I have a, a rather painful memory about my family right now. Oh, that was a particularly poignant memory, but it's just Andy Samberg just chewing the curtains. It's I, so funny. I said it earlier before we recorded. It is, it's Andy Samberg doing the bear from the first scene of Brooklyn nine, nine Santiago. I've seen things, Santiago. I need the touch of a woman. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it reminded me of the, there's an episode of Rick and Morty where, uh, Alec, um, where, uh, Ferris Bueller plays a cat and it's a talking cat. And so they ask the cat why it can talk. And when it tells them, like, it scars them, like they need mind bleach. And so it just reminds, like, when they're like, oh God, like it just reminds me of that. That's a really good episode of Rick and Morty. But yeah. You get a lot of that Doctor Who sci-fi vibe from this, especially with how vividly and different each world they go to is. Yeah. And I remember I, 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 I remember I told you guys I had a question for you guys. And so I actually have a few now, but my first question will be for, for all of us spider heads here. Do you think Madam Web is going to show up in the next movie? You think we're going to get to Madam Web? Okay. I'll be honest. I don't know Madam Web. Um, Madam Web, isn't she the one that? She oversees all of the multiverse and plucks and 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 picks at it to make sure things are the are the right way. Yeah, she's basically she's basically the benevolent version of uh, the the dudes from uh, Loki, like that bureau that tries to correct the timelines right. or whatever. Right, she right. Ju- but she does it for the Spider. And mm. when they had the clone Spider Man War or the or the the the, the the spider wars basically she pulls a bunch of multiverse peter parker she gets uh she gets uh no power spider-man she gets six arm spider-man she gets scarlet spider she gets black suit she gets regular peter parker and then she also gets someone else and they try to stop kane and it's hmm. they did it in the 90s show too and they also did it in the comics and it and when they did that whole blatant look at the actual spider verse where they showed the different webbings that show the spider-man's lives I was like, I feel like you're leaning towards some Madam Web time here, especially because Miles, it, it, they, they, they do a really good way of showing you that everything is not set in stone. And that's one of the things that Madam Web did for Peter Parker, where she basically was like, look, you wouldn't be here if you couldn't do it. So like, chill out. Like, and so I'm really interested to see if that happens because I'm wondering where Miles is going to get the next step up because in the comics, his powers have developed. He's matured a lot. He's done some serious crime fighting with like Black Panther and some other stuff. So I'm really interested to see how far they take Miles in this whole spider, um, multiverse, spider chronicles type stuff mm. that they're doing with him. I have some good news and some bad news. Oh. So. The good news is that I believe it's in October. Uh, sorry, no, it'll be next year. Madam Web is a film. It will be released next year in 2024. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that after Beyond? I don't know when Beyond is coming. Animated or? Beyond is next year. I, as well. I have no stills. I don't know if it will be animated or not. Okay. I don't see anything that says voice. Mm. So, um, that's, that's, I think it will be live action. Okay. Um, that said, 
actress playing Madam Webb is, then this is bad news for Jason, Dakota Johnson. And Jason is very familiar with her work. Fifty Shades? Yeah. It's the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah. So I have so, so many jokes as to why she's Madam terrible, Webb? but I can't say any of them. I can't say any of them on Nettie's podcast. Also, did not realize who her mother is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's Melanie Griffith's daughter. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she and Don Johnson. Any, yeah, she got a piece of Don Johnson. Where did but, any of the Where did any of the charisma go? I also but didn't realize Melanie that Melanie Griffith's somebody else's daughter. Yes, Tippi Hedren. <laughs> yeah, Melanie Griffith is Tippi Hedren's daughter, yeah. who's uh, yeah. a famous actress. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. but um, Madam Web would be a natural fit for this, I suspect, because the other movie was already in the works. She's not going to be in this. I suspect, yeah. and it's, it'd be, be, it's it's sad, but to be fair, you know, if you if, if you know, we if we look back at all the Marvel stuff that has happened up to this point, Marvel's done a really good job at slowly but surely bringing everything into the fold. We've introduced mutants, we've introduced multiverse, we've introduced Spider Man, we've introduced the cosmic portion of it. We've got a new Fantastic Four coming, like. I mean, in this one alone, you brought in the DC, the, or the DC, or sorry, the Sony Marvel. Yep. And the MCU with the mention of that little nerd and Doctor Strange. Yep. Um, and the, and the spot visiting Mrs. Chen. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> the, Best the Venomverse. Cameo ever. That was so you, good. You act like weird stuff like this happens to you all the time and she just doesn't even respond. This is a Tuesday for you, isn't it? Yeah. When, 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 <laughs> hello, Mrs. Chen. That's, that's what popped into my head as soon as I saw her. I was like, hello, Mrs. Chen. It was fantastic. From the Venom movies. Yeah. Um, yeah so good. So. Yeah, there's two things that the wider Marvel movies are not just the MCU, but the wider Marvel movies are missing, and they're from the same comic. But we're getting the Fantastic Four back, so hopefully this means we get the Silver Surfer back. Eh, that's the Silver Surfer will be. Uh, it's it's it's. You got to be careful when you implement the Silver Surfer, much like Captain Marvel, because that is a they're galactic mode. level super. Why? The thing is, is that you need a big bad for them. So yeah. bring out the biggest big bad. Bring out the Planet Eater. Bring out Galactus. Mm. Yeah. See, why? Why is my brain going the worst possible casting for it ever? But let's just have Jason Momoa as the Silver Surfer. But it's just Jason Momoa. He's not silver. It's just, no, it's, it's, it's just, just him on a, on a bad blue Jason screen. Jason Momoa, but his hair is silver. Sadly, yeah. Like yeah. old Jason Momoa. Yeah. Sadly, as much as I would love to see it, I think he's gotten too old for it. That's what, yeah, well, that's, yeah perfect. that's perfect. He's no, silver. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a whole nother franchise because it was the role he was meant to play, but they waited too long to give it to him. Lobo. Yes. So that means yes. since Danny Trejo is too old to play Lobo, you gotta give it to you gotta give it to Jason Momoa. Okay, so does this mean we get to cast Vin Diesel as Silver Surfer? No, no, keep him out of my MCU, thank you. Hey Galactus, you know it's about family, right? The no, Coronas. No, what just... is a corona? John Cena. It's John Cena. <laughs> and he just comes dressed as peacekeeper. I peace. can see John Cena as <laughs> the silver he comes, in, he comes in dressed as peacekeeper and they're like, wrong show. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry. No, we're, we're missing the obvious multiverse casting <laughs> for John Cena in the MCU. Mm. The multiverse casting is the multiverse uh, invisible man of the Fantastic Four. 
because you can't see him. Oh, oh God! Oh. Uh, but you know what? But you know what? <laughs> speaking, on the, speaking on this line of thinking, we've missed—we're missing a big name, and they've had two opportunities to introduce him. Mm. Doctor Doom. They had an opportunity to introduce him in She-Hulk because remember the villain she fought the the other the strong chick uh, Titania, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got her powers from Doctor Doom. He could have been in that show. Yeah. And then you have this. They're saving him for when they bring the, back the fantastic. The, they're dancing around him being there all along. We, yeah. we, sadly, we have to retire the character of Dr. Doom <laughs> because <laughs> the only person that can play him has sadly passed. Because if there is anyone cast as Victor Von Doom that isn't the rapper MF Doom, King Ghidorah himself. If it's not MF Doom in that mask, I ain't watching. So can we, can can we, can we slide back into, cause we've slid right into MCU wide and crazy. Anybody will be better than the last person. If we're sliding back into, into across the spider verse, um, I know that the subject pre-recording came up of the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack was, was good, but arguably not as good as the first movie. It wasn't as integral. Um, and whatnot, but there is a Spider-Man variant that is actually played by or voiced by the uh, DJ who who helped consult on the soundtrack, DJ Metro Boomin. Okay, yeah, and he is the he's the Spider-Man who is. It's like it's not like he's gonna get away, smash, or he's got no way to get away, smash. I guess it was wrong, guys. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he goes. Yeah, because he goes. He goes. All right, there's nowhere to run. Yes, yeah. he jumps out the window. All right, my bad, guys. There was yes. somewhere to run. There somewhere to run. <laughs> yeah, such a great line. That's DJ Metro Boomin nice. who consulted okay. on the soundtrack for this one. Yeah. And, and the soundtrack's not ah, bad. that was Metro Spider Man. Gotcha. Yes, yes, it was and, Metro Spider Man. So yeah, yeah. And the, the soundtrack's not bad. It just doesn't have those beats that the first one had because the first the the key song for the first soundtrack was "What's Up, Danger," which is what we get to hear and reprise when he finally learns how to web swing. And but we don't have any of those moments in this, and we've got some really good songs, especially for when he's having the romantic moments with with Gwen and the moments with his family. But like we don't get any really big iconic songs for this movie. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I do not remember either the soundtrack or any of the actual songs from this movie, it was completely forgettable to me, which I guess is kind of the role of a soundtrack. It's supposed to heighten emotion without detracting from the movie. So I'll say that that was a success, that it did its job well. But for the first movie, that the soundtrack was such an integral part to the story Mm -hmm. of trying to tell this like, oh man, I hate using that word urban, but trying to tell this story... Um, it was important. And in this one, it's also important, but it, I agree with you. It, it seemed to miss the beat a little bit that it wasn't as big a piece as it was in the first mm-hmm. one. And, yeah. you know, and I, I also think like one of the things that we miss, and I think this is because we do focus on the non miles portion of this story a lot more is we don't get enough of Manhattan. We don't get enough of New York. Like, we don't get enough of Miles. Un- yeah, we don't get enough of his unique style of web swinging because mm-hmm. outside of like Gwen, he's got the most unique spider swing of all of them, right? Like incorporating the buildings, the buses, the cabs. And he's the first Spider-Man we see where the city loves him. Like where the city mm-hmm. actively, openly knows him and loves him. Yeah. Like 
whereas they always play up the J. Jonah Jameson making Spider-Man out to be a terror, whereas but in this the, world, he's loved by Brooklyn. By the way, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson in every Spider-Universe. Yeah, even and Lego Spider-Universe. Oh my god, the Lego Spider-Verse. So funny. Um, but the fact that you hear him in the, the Sinister Six crime syndicate is at it again. And he's just, he's just doing the same rip on Alex except, Jones. Except in that one, the Sinister Ooh. Six crime syndicate is at it again. Will no one step up to stop yes. them? Yes. Which is brilliant subversion of the usual bit from, for that character. Right. Because he's again, yeah. he hates Spider-Man. But, but yeah, I, he's I also, looking for a Spider-Man there. I also like yeah. when they're going through the museum of all the people that they've stopped. It's like, we have Mysterion and Miss Mysterion. And somebody just goes, nice. Nice. Yeah. Or the, or the video game guy. Other video game guy. I a regular what, boring rhino. <laughs> a, a collection of Dr. Octopus. I think what, what, what is very different about the soundtrack for the first movie versus the soundtrack for the second movie is that the second movie is all Metro Boomin produced. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more one kind of vision. Whereas the first movie, it was, we're pulling in from all these different places and mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj is going to write a song for the movie and Post Malone is going to write a song for the movie, you know, and we're going to get all of the, and, and, and black caviar and all of these different voices and these different sounds. And that is. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to say it. That's more like what New York sounds like. <laughs> this is what New York sounds like. Sorry, Flex. It's just funk flex. And then it, and then it just starts playing Wu Tang on repeat. Like, oh man. Oh man. The, the, one of the greatest things I love about going to New York when we visit Nutty's family is I turn, I turn the dial on the station to whatever the number hot is. Hot 97, man. Hot, hot, yeah, 97, hot 97. And, and we get to listen to funk flex. This is what New York sounds like. F1 Oh my God. He's so funny. So I, I, I dig this movie. It, it, it was really fast paced. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of viewers that might say that it's too fast for them. I want to go back and rewatch everything with a fine tooth comb, stop every frame, read every little pop up. It was like a pop up video mm-hmm. going because on. They would do little the, comic books, sort of like the inserts. editor. The editor yeah. had say in it. Right? Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to just kind of go back and check everything out. So this is, you know, Tech and I just saw this today. This is our first. Mm-hmm. If we're missing something, it's because we're we're flying high on the feeling of what it was like to just watch this movie. Um, but what's neat about this, and, and this has been a long time, that since we've seen a movie, the two of us at least, in the opening weekend at the mm. theater. Mm. A and very long time. There was definitely a different feeling watching this at the theater than any of the the movies yeah. that we've seen since the pandemic. Uh number 1, it was a full theater like and and the theater we went to, they had three showings an hour and then every <clears throat> so often they do it in IMAX. Like they had multiple yeah. theaters playing this show at all throughout the day um and all the theaters were full so that was one thing uh when when it started doing the flippy not the flippy pages but the different art styles you know doing the marvel you know in association with marvel pictures people were screaming they were so excited they were mm-hmm. so excited there was definitely like 
audible noises and then everyone's like woo and it was a little awkward and then finally someone's like all right now let's just watch the movie okay so <laughs> i i i go to movies often but I, I, ironically the last spider-man movie i saw with with you two in theater yeah yeah right but uh my theater i went to i went to a, a vip 18 plus only theater because these days I'm a curmudgeon and I don't want children around in certain Wait, movies. Where do you find that? That sounds oh, yeah. wonderful. Uh, out here, Cineplex does it. It's oh. it's literally uh, twenty like ten bucks more, and it's eighteen plus only. They will bring food and alcohol to your uh, to your uh, seat. Nice. And like it's it you just order before the movie starts, and they'll walk it in. We 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 had and, one of those in New York, but it wasn't eighteen plus. It was just yeah. you could still get beer. Yeah. But we we still the, you still had in there a few people that were in like key moments, like when uh the, there was a guy that would be like what, huh, like that kind of stuff, and it's like part of me part of me doesn't like it, but part of me was like eh, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> when yeah. when the comics code of you know this this yeah. has been approved, approved by, by the, the comics code yeah yeah i was just like <laughs> and i could hear like a lot of silence of people that didn't quite know so what I that lucked, was i left out with my theater too because the way the seating works in those it's a couch nice. and if you're unlucky you're on a couch with a stranger <laughs> but the other seat was broken next to me so they didn't seat someone there so I'm like yeah okay but whenever that guy would be like huh what i'd look over just to look at the crowd reaction and there's another dude that would do it too and we just nodded each other like goof, goof. <laughs> <laughs> we we had the recliners as well which um yeah. is uh, we go to landmark um yeah. and it's just a standard now at landmark yeah. it's the only kind of theater they have which is nice but it was it was kind of neat and then there was definitely like a bunch of people making noises at the end like are you kidding that's where you leave mm -hmm. us which is where we're going to right so. and yes we are getting to the end right so i remember at one point in the movie i'm looking at my watch and it's like man we're at the two-hour runtime like this is this has got to wrap up but we're nowhere near a resolution in the oh no <laughs> oh no because i realized that this is the middle movie in a trilogy. So just like Star Wars with the original trilogy, they're going to end this one on a down note with the idea that they're setting us up for the big, for Return of the Jedi. They're setting us up for Ewoks on the forest moon of Endor and the big finale. And then I, I turn to Nutty and I'm like, man, they're going to Empire Strikes Back the end of this movie. And she goes, what? I go, they're going to Empire Strikes Back the end of this movie. And it ends on a multiple series of down notes as we're going to wait for the big finale whenever that movie comes out. When the credits roll and people start to exit next past year, us. Next, next year. Comes out in one year. Awesome. As we're waiting, um, as we're waiting to exit because we're watching the credits, there's uh, a family sort of walking down and there's two young boys, maybe 10 years old. And one of them turns to the other and says, the guys from school ruined this for me. And they said there were going to be, the, there was going to be a cliffhanger, but I didn't think it was going to be this big of a cliff. Oh. <laughs> oh, love that. And I'm like, that is perfect. That is exactly what this is. This is just a really a big, big cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. It's a really big cliff. I love it. <laughs> That's Jason fantastic. Has, Jason has thoughts. So. <sighs> For me, I, I, I kinda have to 
separate myself because I know why they did this. They did it because everything has to be a trilogy, right? Like everything has to be a franchise. Everything has to have this ongoing, never ending. Like I think Hollywood is afraid of ending a story. Like they, like it's like why one piece is a billion episodes long. Why end the story? I can make more money. Right. Why they, why they made true lies, the television series. I hear Joshua Jackson's really good in that, but you're right. Like we didn't need it. Um, That's you know, not just one Joshua Jackson's in. He's yeah. in. Um, no, it's not. It's not Joshua Jackson. Sorry, it's Pacey. Uh, it's Pacey. It's Pacey no, from yeah, Dawson's that Creek. That is Joshua Jackson. No, he's in the other one. Um, I won't be ignored. Uh, hang on. We're all looking up, but no, like while you look that up. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of this. Like split it up into two, especially like. I, I think I said fatal this. Fatal attraction. Fatal attraction, yes. I've, I said this once when, mm-hmm. we, uh, before in an episode, and I'll say it again. If they can give Zack Snyder four hours. I, I, fair. Yeah. I'll take a four hour milestone. Yeah. Give me a 15 minute break and let's kick this thing back up. Like just, or just give me a three hour movie and end it in the, in the series mm-hmm. right there. Just because you, all you would have needed was another hour. Like, that's it. Yeah. The, the extra, I, I remember you, you give me flashbacks to watching Watchmen in theaters. Oh. And I watched Watchmen in theaters in the Seychelles of all places. Really? But apparently they do. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in, they do this in all movies apparently, but halfway through the movie, they literally stopped the movie and they had a 15 minute intermission. Oh, I could have used and, one of those today because I had to yeah. pee. Yeah, and it's it's like they had a fifteen minute intermission, and it was it was almost literally the let's go out to the lobby, let's go out <laughs> to the lobby. But everybody, it was instead it was let's go get booze, and everybody went across the street and bought a full bottle of rum and started drinking out of the bottle for the last half of the movie. But that could give make a four hour movie, but make the runtime four hours and fifteen minutes, and build into the movie a natural mini cliffhanger pause point. For an intermission. So this was still the longest American animated mm-hmm. film to date, though. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, they really pushed the limits wow. here. Yeah. I... And Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who are the writers and producers, also writers and producers of Clone High, uh, mm-hmm. which we love, uh, mm-hmm. they told Sony the sequel would be the same size as Intro it, Into the Spider-Verse. And it ended up having the largest crew of any animated movie ever with over a thousand people working on it. And it's and, on the screen. Yeah. And, and it has 240 characters and takes place in six universes. So one of the things that we talk a lot about on this podcast when we, when we review the Miyazaki movies, the Studio Ghibli, we talk yeah. about fields of dead animators. Yeah. My God. So many dead animators. How many animators did this movie, just the scene of when one of them, isn't wearing the watch and they glitch. Yeah. Just the glitch is a, an Arlington cemetery's worth of <laughs> dead <laughs> computer animators. Oh, tech, tech, don't forget. There are several segments in this movie that murdered animators. Oh, my the, God. The, where he's web swinging with the two cakes and he's got to fight villains all the way across <laughs> town. And he even gives you the stereotypical Spider-Man on a train thing. <laughs> right. With, with yeah. the cakes. And then he goes out to the front of the train. Sigh web kick. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. The armadillo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the saddest moment in me, the moment that just absolutely hurt my, like my gut clenched 
was the moment where he was already late to his dad's party and the two cakes just read, I'm not proud. All the all the icing yeah, is slid away. Yeah. It, it's and like, I, no, 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 look, look, I have something to say on the cakes. Flip, I am not proud. That's yeah, not no, what I, I meant, meant to say. Yeah. I love and I love oh. the fact that when he's telling the lady what to write, she's like, I can only write so much. She's like, well can't you write smaller? And, and he then, ends up with two cakes. And can't yeah. you can't you speak shorter? Yeah, but yeah. the other the other the other heartwarming converse to that with his father, the moment of, you know, you gotta let him spread his wings. Yeah. But that when it when his mom breaks his grounding and lets yeah. him leave, and he's like, Okay, mom, okay, I'll be right back. And I'll bring cake. Bring cake. Yeah, it's gotta just the, He's gotta bring cake oh, now. Miles is Miles is family life has been excellent in both of these movies. Like mm-hmm. I've not seen it done that was especially coming from a mixed home and a bilingual home. Like it's very good, especially in those moments when she's mad at him or when she's caring for him or, or, or worried about him. She speaks Spanish to him and he answers her. It's just those moments with him and his mom are excellent. And we only get two really good moments with him and his dad, but they're both really good. Cause they're both, one of miles in the suit, one without this, yeah. like the, the spreading the wings thing. And like, I was hoping, and I knew this was not going to happen, but can you imagine if he had told his dad at that moment that he was, uh, Spider-Man, like when yeah. he, when he's telling him he needs to mm-hmm. let him spread his wings, yep. like that would have been a great moment. But like, I also love when he's like, go get the crane. And then the car falls through the spot and you're like, forget the crane. Forget, forget the yeah. crane. Yeah. We don't need the crane anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a, um, uh, speaking about the Spanish, that mm-hmm. there's a lot of Spanish in this movie, and none of it requires subtitles. I don't no. speak Spanish. I mean, Maybe. I know I know a few words because I know French. That I you know, know more Spanish than you, and I did not understand any of the like most of the Spanish that was spoken. But, but I, I got it from the context. Yeah, but I didn't need to yeah. because context clues in the acting, the voice acting, and the character animations were done so well that you understand what his mom's is saying because. It's just it, there's only one thing that she could be saying, mm-hmm. and um, wonderfully well done, um, amazing. Um, the one thing I have to say uh, as this is the this movie. This is how you do inclusion without pandering. Yeah. Um, the even you know the amount of different people that they have of different backgrounds from different universes from different abilities from different spectrums from different everythings some of them are black and white some of them are sepia toned some of them are in a wheelchair it doesn't matter everybody gets represented and it gets represented well and gets represented originally and it doesn't feel tacked on it doesn't feel trite it is wonderful even down to um oh the the spider girl in the wheelchair what was her name uh web is she charlotte that sun spider? it's, it's sun charlotte spider. it's charlotte weber she's sun yeah, spider charlotte yeah. weber yeah. acted by a voice actor in a wheelchair yeah okay mm-hmm. that's amazing that they went that far it doesn't matter because it and it, but the thing is that it is it is a thing you can look it up but they didn't do a 30 minute, uh, you know, uh, piece on the news about it. They didn't record. See, look how, look how avant garde we are. We even have a girl in a wheelchair in the movie. They didn't do any of that. Yeah. It just is the fact that you have 
a movie set in Brooklyn with a bunch of people of multiple heritages and it feels authentic and real and nobody swears and there's not a single N-bomb in this entire movie. Yes. And none was needed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed 100%. I'm still mad that the Wu-Tang's not on the soundtrack. They should be, but that would probably break the N-bomb rule. No. But um, and the, <laughs> And definitely the swearing rule because, I mean, come on, the Wu-Tang swears. But... I one of the things that we talked about in the car on the way home was how authentic Gwen was written and that Gwen's whole emotional arc is so powerful <laughs> and so strong. And it, 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 Tech says to me, he goes, they had to have a woman writer that that, that a, a man did not write that. And 100%. You know, while, while we know that the movie was written by men, I'm sure they also included other, you know, they'd be listed as producers, but you know, they, sure. they, they had collaboration for sure. That was like, very that, authentic. It's like George Lucas's wife, right? Like we give him credit for making Star Wars, but we know who edited that movie. We know who kept him from doing CGI stuff back in the day. Like it was her, right? So there's a guiding hand. Matter of fact, somebody's mama was like, Y'all know how y'all gonna have to write that, right? <laughs> like, don't make me come down to that she studio. She was so authentic as a teenage girl, you know, so authentic in her emotions. And I didn't hate her. Like, I really don't like teenagers in movies and things. Like, at one point, we're reminded that they're 15. And I'm like, yeah, they, they're you, a lot older. By, than the, by the way, Tech, heard, I gotta steal your guy. But he doesn't like teenagers. <laughs> right, I don't like teenagers. I, I had to steal your, I had to steal your gag tech because when when Gwen comes through the portal and Miles is in his room and there's that moment he's like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. I'm like, oh that's little Jason. That's 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 yes. little Jason right there. That, that's little techie right there. Hide all the stuff from the girl. Don't they, let her see your socks. When, when she opens up the toy, yeah, oh, my heart God. just sunk. Like why is it still in the packaging? Rip, and he, you can see him just. Melt, but, but he doesn't want to say anything. But but <laughs> she's being so cute because she yeah. then puts it on the shelf and then gives it a little pat pat on yeah. the head. Because uh, good toys don't belong in plastic prisons. Absolutely. But uh, shout out to you, vintage. There are there are um I don't think there are a lot of accurate portrayals of women in the MCU. Yeah. I I I don't think the women are. I don't, a lot of the men I don't think are portrayed very well. They're, they're, they're comic book characters and they're, they're, they're schlocky movies. And at that, there are very few young people uh, portrayed and portrayed well in the movies. I mean, uh, we can argue that the Spider-Man in the MCU movies is done quite well. And I agree. He's done very, very well, but in the main line, Huh? He hasn't watched it, Kamala- but yeah, Kamala Khan is an exception. Yes. Right, right. But I mean, in the, in, in the main yeah, MCU movie. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Very few women, I think, are written well, and very few women, very few. That I, I'm trying to think of other young women and girls in the MCU, and the only other one I can think of is Captain Marvel's uh, wing, wing woman's daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. Uh, and Tony oh, Stark's Monica- da- Tony Stark's daughter, is she Morgan. In the movie, but she but she was only yeah. in there for like the last movie. She was in there for like one little bit of thing. The I Love You Three Thousand. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. 
they're not they're not on but this is the most accurate the most beautiful the most heartbreaking portrayal yeah. of a young girl i've seen in a movie in a long time and it um it, she broke my heart and i fell in love with her and i think i was supposed to <laughs> and mission accomplished but there's this scene at the very beginning where she's having an argument with her dad and her dad tries to say the line are you too tough to give me a hug and he can't get through the whole line because she immediately jumps into his arms and hugs him. Are you too punk to give me Are a you hug? too yeah. punk to give yeah. me a and then he stops because she's already Aww. hugging him? Yeah. And yeah, man, heartbreaking. Aww. So good. And I mean, mm-hmm. and it was reprised at the end when she finally gets accepted for her father, which is why, you know, uh, Nutty, you brought this up, I think, before the call when we talked about how it felt when she, when Miles revealed that he was Spider-Man to his mom, who was not his actual mom, and when mm-hmm. Gwen revealed she was when Spider Spider Gwen to her dad, it felt like a kid coming out. It felt like a yeah. kid making that decision. And finally, when she thought she had nowhere to go, that her family didn't love her, they didn't want her. Her dad's like, "No, I do. You're my daughter. Like, I stopped being a cop because." Yeah. No. And, and, and I also think that, um, her coming out to her dad, you know, him discovering her, uh, as Spider Gwen and all the other stuff. And then he's still going to arrest her is a very real experience for many people that sometimes your, your parents don't accept right away. Sometimes it mm-hmm. takes them some time to really understand what's going on. Uh, some people, their parents never understand. And that is unfortunate and horrible and, those are not good parents, but often it's, it's, you know, uh, it's a shock and you have to not, you have to, but if, if you give your parent some more time, then they can come and accept it a little bit. And, and it, it takes a bit, but, and that to me is what Gwen was realizing. And Gwen thought she could never go back. But meanwhile, dad's just sitting there like, I handled that so poorly. I mm. just want her to come back. And even when she does come back, he doesn't know how to relate to her. And, and then they actually talk and they have it out. And he's like, well, I quit halfway through that great speech. And it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, it was a great speech. Wasn't it? Dad? Heart, the best. Heart. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. best. Oh, so much heart. Yeah. I, the with, with, best, the best three superhero movies that have come out so far of this whole like last twenty years of superhero movies. The best three have all been animated, and it's the two Spider Move, Spider Man movies, Spider Verse movies, and Lego Batman. Um, I would I, argue, De- I would argue, Deadpool deserves a, a spot in that list. Yeah, well, you know what, the Deadpool's will round out the top five, mm. and mm. then uh, I. Because this movie, while it is very serious and makes some very poignant points and does mm-hmm. a very good job at telling an important story, mm-hmm. yeah. never stops being fun. Yeah. yeah. And that, read, any right. Yeah. I read comics as a kid because they were fun, because it was about things that were larger than life. And while they may have said important things and made important points, it was about a strong man in tights beating up a purple bad guy. It wasn't serious. I don't, mm. I don't care about serious things. Yeah. Like I explain all the time, my job is serious enough. When I'm in my off leisure hours, I want to have fun. Yeah. This was fun. And I, I laughed. I cried. I had the gamut of emotions. I, I, 
thoroughly enjoyed my time in the theater. I cannot wait to watch this again yeah. and then hit pause every four seconds <laughs> so that I can catch all of the stuff that I missed because there's there's Easter eggs all over this thing. Yeah. Um, I yeah. do want to mention that, and I, I, we, one of the problems with talking a little bit before recording is I may have said this or not. Um, we've got multiple other Marvel characters as Spider-Man in this movie. I mean, we, we did discuss, I think that we had, uh, Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight, but he was also Apocalypse. Yeah. He was Apocalypse, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> Man, what a horrible yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah, he yeah. was also Apocalypse. And then um there was, uh you know, I, I think we mentioned that uh Spider-Gwen was Kate Bishop in Hawkeye. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we said this when we talked about the first Into the Spider-Verse, but Uncle Aaron, Mahershala Ali, was Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's going to be blade. He was blade in Eternals and he is going to be blade he's in gonna be blade. Blade. So, yeah. If, in if that, blade. Yeah. And then, you know, we know about if, Donald Glover. If the, if the writer's strike doesn't completely mess with blade. Well, yeah, there's always like it's like it's like it's put Deadpool three at risk. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think blade is done though. I thought, I thought blade was done. They're just, they just can't put it mm-hmm. out. I yeah. Know. But the way you're right, he is. There, yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of very talented people that have been in a lot of Marvel movies before that are here. And I, yeah, I great. love that because mm-hmm. it means that, um, you know, with voice casting, you can do a lot more. It can be a lot of fun. Uh, I dug this movie. I can't wait to watch this movie again. That's that's my last two cents. Um, my my last two cents is you you all won me over very early uh, on the watercolor tones for for spider gwen you're right it was the emotional resonance that needed to be there like it was it was visualizing the emotional resonance the clarity came in the moments where they were most impactful and they were focused on the people this was a movie that like it's understandably it's so dense i understand the cliffhanger usually i would have rallied against it i would have hated it 100 it felt right it felt right in this moment to me return of the jedi is better because of empire strikes mm-hmm. back yes um, and i know it's a clerk's reference but it ends on a down note because mm-hmm. we need to pick it up so that we can beat the empire with a bunch of little bears um yeah. and the ewoks it, don't show up in this next movie i'm gonna be unhappy ah, spider ewok spider ewok spider walk oh, spider walk bring it Probably make uh, really good egg fried rice. No, God. Oh, God. Wrong walk. Racist. <laughs> Uncle Roger doesn't believe in any other walks. Mm. That's true. Uncle, wait, wait. Is Uncle Roger going to be in, in Beyond the Spider-Verse now all of a sudden? No, he can't. He can't. He's canceled. He's got to be careful. He's canceled. He's canceled. He's canceled. <laughs> um, for me, both of these movies, Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse, they highlight something that a lot of kids, especially black kids like me, grow up and have. Like when his family's like, oh, there's great schools in Brooklyn. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can do here. You know, and it, it felt very much like any kid trying to find their own way. And I think they do that really, really, really well in these movies. Mm-hmm. And they don't shy away from his blackness. Like, again, his first suit had a pair of J's in it and he's still rocking those J's, you know? And I just really, really like this 
It's the same reason why Luke Cage is cool. It's the same reason why we loved Pop's Barbershop and Luke Cage. It's the same reason why we love Harlem's Paradise, right? There's just a vibe about Miles's life, uh, Gwen's life, and any of the Spider-Man that we see in here, especially our favorite Spider-Punk. Like, they just have a vibe about them. And this movie carries that vibe, and so does the first one, and I really, really love it. Speaking of the shoes... um so Miles Morales has always been drawn with a very specific colorway of Nike Air Force Ones. And they're in this movie, but they're not in his costume. It's what he wears on the street is these red, white, and black Nike Air Force Ones that are very, very mm-hmm. signature. They're very Miles Morales. Very important to the story that they be there. Thank you, Nike, for allowing them to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. But the reveal at the end of the movie, when we find out that Miles Morales is also the prowler from an alternate universe Mm -hmm. when the reveal happens when you get a low like a low slung camera angle and you see the back of the shoe and it says nike air and it's purple white and black instead of red white and black i'm like oh my Mm -hmm. god and that that's instantly i'm like oh my god it's miles because he has a different colorway of kick now that he's a different hero he's a villain now and it was just the most amazing reveal but it was done with a shoe yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, so the last question, what do you pair this with? For food? Yes. Ooh. I got my answer. Empanadas. Empanadas are good. I like them. Mon, he brought he brought Miles an empanada. <laughs> you don't remember he that? Did. He, he, no, brought he brought him Miguel. an empanada. He brought, he brought Miguel. Miguel. So Miguel an empanada. That's right. Yeah. For me, I think I'm gonna have to pair this with Ooh, I'm gonna have the. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do this with some Jamaican beef patties. Maybe some. Ah, some, that was mine. Yeah, the Jamaican, Jamaican beef patties. Microwave Jamaican that beef he patties. got at the from bodega. the from the bodega. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was mine. All maybe right, a so, slushy on the side. Maybe empanadas, beef patties, tech. Um, birthday cake from your local bakery. Smooshed <laughs> icing that now for some reason says I am not proud. And I'm gonna throw on there. It's gonna be have cannoli filling because I'm I'm now on a kick on that. And that is that should be on a shirt, by the way. It just should I be. I am not proud. Yeah, it's two. It's just two cakes with messed up letters. It says I am not. Yeah, proud. but I can't let's, wear that. Look, look, let's, <laughs> let's 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 not release that during Pride Month, though, please. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. 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 <laughs> Quite right. Mm-hmm. Quite right. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the, the Jamaican meat pies as well, because that was mine for sure. Uh, from the bodega. I mean, oh, it's so good. I, I'll make mine goat just because. Ziggy Marley. Oh, the yeah. yeah the Ziggy Marley was the Jamaican bodega owner and it was awesome. The whole casting was great. Look up the cast. You're going to be surprised by some of the voices. Um, and uh yeah this is this is a great movie and I can't wait to talk about the third one next year. Yeah. So much everyone. Bye. Bye. And before we go, thank you so much to our patrons without whom we would not have two episodes a month even if they come in odd times of the month. We would not have uh, episodes probably every single month all the time coming out it would be much more relaxed so thank you so much to all of you patrons for keeping us on keeping the lights on making sure that I can pay my server fees and that this keeps on going so it all comes thanks to you uh, so thank you to our top tier our uh it's called the street team I'm gonna need to rename this this is our big daddy our big parent 
uh, tier. This, thank you so much to, although that big daddy tier could change if anybody ever chooses a different tier, but it, it, not important. But thank you so much to Jack. Jack's our top tier, our top patron. Thank you to Jason and Rich the TT. You all are awesome. Thank you to our patrons of the arts. Thank you to Kaylin, Mark Cabot, the Encaffeinated One, the Bathtub Mermaid, Susanna, and thank you to all of our other patrons, our the lifeblood of this team, everybody keeping the lights on. Thank you so much to Shane, Selganor, Andy, Clifford, Grig, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Crazy Joe Adventures, Mike, PCAT, Radical Geek, Stephen, Will, and Zachman. Thank you so much, all of you. You are the best. Nutty Bites is produced by Nimlas Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution No Commercial Non-Derivatives 3.0 International License. That means you can't change it without my permission. You can share it and send it to your friends. Just link back to me, my site, and everything. We live at nimlas.org, which has links to everything social media, including facebook.com slash group slash Nutty Bites and patreon.com slash nukejoss or call 347-Nutty42.